Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshayamit Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion, Bahalotacha, the challenge of a selective memory. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Rabbi. I hope you're well. Doing great, thanks. Life is beginning to open up, and it's a new day. Feels like it. I hope we uh, continue this way. It's definitely, it feels like we are in need of some fresh air, in need of some new experiences to break out of this uh, this long rut that I feel like a lot of us have been in. So 10 years from now, how do you think people are going to remember this period of COVID? Wow. I guess it really depends on what you experienced. You know, if you lost a loved one, there's no question that that will be the memory that dominates, I would think. You know, in my case, I've thought about this uh, quite a bit. You know, I went, I went to a jazz club last week. It was the first time that I'd been in anything, you know, in any kind of a, of a room like that. And it brought back a flood of memories, like this flood of memories of all of the jazz concerts I'd been to all my life. And I started really like remembering things that I hadn't remembered. Even certain songs would spark certain memories. And I started thinking about, you know, what will I remember from from this year of COVID? The honest answer is I don't know. I'd like to think that I'll remember the the extra time I had with my family, um, you know, having dinner together every night. But I, I just don't know what I'll remember most. My sense is is that not all of the memories of COVID will be bad. Yeah. And I think that people's relationship with their homes, people's relationship with their families, these Passover seders that have been done on Zoom, which included people who you may never have included in your seders had you been just uh, focused on those who could be physically present – all of those are kind of, it's a mixed bag of what we're going to choose to remember and what we're going to take forward. Yeah, that's right. And um, I've already tried to like plant some of the seeds. I'm trying to like build the memories with my family, um, telling them maybe this is what we'll remember. Isn't it for some reason we baked sweet potatoes like almost every day. We just pop them in the oven in the morning when we wake up. During COVID, we've been doing that because one day we got like an extra large order of sweet potatoes and we've just made that a thing now. So maybe we'll remember the swell of, the smell of sweet potatoes. And I'm trying to build those memories in already because, uh, you know, it's my as a writer, I guess, I'm, I'm always looking to shape the story. And I'd rather have a, a warm smell from the oven as something we remember than, you know, wearing masks and, and having our noses running all the time. Right. So in the midst of this horrific period, there are positive things to remember. And what do we do with those memories? It's interesting because, and the reason I bring this up is because in our Torah portion, and everything, of course, comes back to the Torah portion, (laughs) Balotcha, you have this really jarring moment. People are complaining, and they're Jews, and so this is not all that uncommon, especially in the book of Numbers. But they begin to complain about the food. And they can't actually, it's not like a restaurant where you can send it back because all they're eating is manna, you know, morning, noon, and night. And they don't want to eat manna anymore. They want other things. And there's this stunning statement where they say, we remember the fish that we used to eat free in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Now our gullets are shriveled. There's nothing at all, nothing but this manna to look look at. It's stunning on a whole variety of levels. They seem to have forgotten that the manna that they're eating is somewhat miraculous, and God is giving them this to eat and sustaining them in the desert, right? So they're sort of like sending it back. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? 
this isn't cooked right. I, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> the food here is terrible, and the portions are too small. Exactly right. It's, it would feel like that old story about the people who were in a Miami um, deli, and they kept sending everything back, and everything went back, and this isn't right. And finally, the waiter or the waitress said to them, was anything okay? And it kind of feels that way with the children of Israel, right? right. And what's stunning is that they seem to have forgotten in the moment they were enslaved, that Egypt is not, was not a fun place for them, that they were enslaved for 400 years. But what they remember is that one very narrow piece of a much larger, darker era in the, in the people's history. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, you know memory, I think, is a reflection of, of our personalities as much as anything. In some ways, we choose what we're going to remember. And, and we tell the stories of our past in ways that are arbitrary. We get to tell the stories the way we want. And often those, the memories that we choose, the stories that we choose to tell, reflect who we are as a people and whether we are, you know, optimist or pessimist, whether we are full of joy or full of bitterness. I just feel like um, these are people who are struggling, who have struggled, and maybe they need some kind of a release from that, and they're choosing to, to complain about their conditions because they've, they've been through so much. You know, I, I want to I suggest a different approach to this question. As I look at the story, and I think about your comment about COVID, and looking for something like the swell of the smell of sweet potatoes in the oven what do we choose to remember that to me is at the center of the story because if the people had chosen to make the memory of the going out from egypt god's miraculous hand in history and their destiny the central feature of that memory then you know what, so what, the food was better in Egypt, right? I happen to like the fish right. special that I used to get at the at the local Egyptian diner, right? I like that. But the bottom line is, is that how can you focus on that when the larger, more cosmic issues are in place? Now, I, I do under, appreciate that in a Jewish audience, to downplay the role of food is dangerous, <laughs> Right. But the bottom line is, is that that memory isn't just what happened. It's what we choose to remember, what we choose to hold on to. And that can make all the difference. Yeah. And aren't we doing that with the Passover Seder? Uh, isn't, isn't that exactly what we're doing? We're choosing to frame the memory in a positive way by saying that this is about freedom, not about slavery. And that the, you know, even the, the lousy food that we had to eat served a purpose and, and helped us to define that freedom. I mean, I think that the Passover story is the greatest, one of the greatest examples in the world of choosing your memories. There's no question that that's correct. And if you begin to think about it, what the Torah does and the rabbis build on is that they give very specific areas to remember at every holiday. When we are thinking about the new year, what are we thinking about? We're thinking about how we can be better in the year to come. Or on Sukkot, we're, we're not looking at the simply the harvest, but we're also thinking about God's protection in the Sukkot. We're telling very specific stories. And, and of course, Passover is the best example, because you actually literally tell the story through a book that all Jews are sort of using, even if they may be somewhat different, it's basically the same structure of the same story that we share. And that makes all the difference. And so memory is central for Jews, and it's not just what we do that joins us together. It's not just that we all make motzi on Shabbat with challah, or we 
give tzedakah. It's how we choose to remember a given moment that's going that shapes us in the present, but also shapes the future generations as well. There's a powerful lesson there, and I think you're right. Memory and the instruction of memory is all over the Torah, and it's all over Jewish living. We try to live our lives in a way that will be remembered well, that will uh, bring honor to our own memories, right? Isn't that at the crux of everything we do? Absolutely. Absolutely. But memory is like a muscle. You have to use it. And so if you don't focus your memory, then your memory becomes diffuse. And depending on our own predilections, we can focus on the negative as opposed to the positive. I'm going to come back to the original question I asked. How do you want to remember and how should we remember this period of COVID? Because in a way, COVID was in a sense a mirror on society. It reflected the best in society, right? People coming together, people doing extraordinary things on behalf of others, and not just in the not just in the medical realm, but on every level of society. People being selfless or people sharing beauty with each other when we were locked up. These kinds of concerts that were kind of people did from their balconies. All this all this spoke to a better society, but it also reflects some very negative things about our society as well. And so how we choose to remember it is going to affect how we act going forward. What do we want to change? What do we want to take from there? And what do we want to remember so that we don't take it forward? This is not a positive. We want to make changes here. Our society is unfortunately not more unified at the end of COVID, but in some ways it's more divided. Yeah, that's right. It's this, It's been this great disruption. It has forced us to reconsider everything that we do and to think about what we want to do going forward. Do we want to go back to the office? Do we want to stop wearing masks? Do we want to spend our holidays over Zoom with our families as opposed to traveling to see them? You know, it forces a reevaluation of everything. Just like, I guess, being in the desert forced a reevaluation. When we get out of the desert, what's going to be different? What have we learned from this time? It can either be an incubation period for something better, or it can kind of drag us back to something less positive. And so memory matters. And I think that's what we learn here. I'll conclude our conversation with something that Daniil Hartman said, and I'll just ask for your reaction to this. Judaism, he wrote, is not only what we do or believe, it is what we choose to remember. That's why very few Jews actually leave Judaism or the Jewish people. You cannot cut yourself off from your past and your ancestors. That's great. It hinges on choice, and COVID was not our choice, but how we react to it is a choice. And what happened to our in our childhood is not a choice necessarily, but how we deal with those memories and which ones we choose to to emphasize, those are choices. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. And what are the stories we're giving to our children? And what are we giving them that's positive, that they want to carry forward? And what memories will be lasting? Those are also questions that not only connect us to each other as Jews and secure our future, but I would also suggest as Americans, what are we going to take with us? And what are the memories that we want our children to remember? and memories that are warnings to us that we shouldn't forget. That, I also think, is something for us to consider. Thanks, Jonathan.